Hello and welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast, where we will be discussing all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and topics that will enhance your personal development. My name is Harmony and I am your podcast host. I am a clinical Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner and registered nurse who specializes in women's hormonal and gut health. I am also a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, business owner, and a mama of twin boys. My mission is to bridge the gap between modern medicine and emerging science with natural therapies and the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and Eastern medicine. I will be speaking with leaders in the industry and starting those conversations that will bring each modality together so we can truly offer a holistic health and wellness platform that educates and inspires you to live a more simple, healthy, and balanced life. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that each episode downloads to your podcast library. Then listen up and be inspired to create perfect health, healing, and harmony within your mind and body and live your most inspired life. You, my listener, are much appreciated. From my soul to yours, namaste. I would love to stay connected with you beyond me speaking into your ear holes every time you tune into this podcast. Join our tribe and subscribe to the Ayurveda Soul Sisters Tribe Facebook group so we can carry these conversations on in there. You can say hello on Facebook at Harmony Inspired Health or Instagram at Harmony Inspired Ayurveda or hang out on my website and see all the latest events, blogs or book in for an Ayurveda and integrative health consultation or body therapy. And don't forget to grab your free ebook whilst you're there. My website is www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Before we hop into this awesome episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my six month accredited program. Ayurveda Alchemist, which will certify you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for those women who are ready to get started with a career in Ayurveda, to have more income, more fulfillment, and more time to do the things that light you up. This six-month program consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success. All of this and more will be available through the online portal that can be downloaded as an app so that you can take your course with you in your pocket wherever you go. As a rose gold VIP, you will also get a 30-minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. 
I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome everybody to the podcast. This is Harmony, your podcast host. Today I am talking to the very lovely Susan Scullin about building a relationship with yourself after postnatal depression. Susan is an integrative nutritional health coach and in 2013 she gave birth to her son Teddy who she refers to as a most precious gift but in 2014 she fell into postnatal depression not knowing who she was and she wondered if this was it will it ever change intuitively knowing that there had to be more she slowly went back to her work redefining herself by creating space for herself, moving her body and adding in good nutritious food. Susan is now on a mission to help other moms and dads transform their lives. She believes that we can have everything we desire and it all starts with one thing and that is saying yes to yourself and building a relationship with yourself. So welcome to the podcast, Susan. Thank you, Harmony. It's great to be here with you and your listeners. And I'm honoured to be speaking about, you know, my sharing my story and um, hopefully inspiring some people to do go on their own journeys. Beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with us. I always kick off my episodes with some rapid inspiration questions. So I'm going to fire them straight at you, if you don't mind. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Could you please inspire us with what your superpower is? So I'm a fantastic listener. Um, it's one of my super skills that's always been there. And now I have the skills to be able to ask really good questions. So then I can fire, like come back to you with some really deep questions and then I get to listen again. Like it's just amazing. So that's something that I'm really good at. Lovely. And what is your favourite quote or mantra at the moment? Yeah, so one of my quotes that I used for a long time when I was on my journey was nothing changes if nothing changes. And that really helped me for, uh, move forward. Um, and I thought that was poignant to bring in today, given our discussion. Um, but a quote that I'm using at the moment is patience is the art of allowing the universe to catch up with your dreams. Mm, and like that. Yeah, it was it's my quote, but it's inspired by Gabby Bernstein's um, super book, Super Attractor. There was a piece in there about that. Yeah. And so um, just rewriting that or reframing that. Um, and it just reminds me that it's okay to slow down. Mm. And it's okay to have these dreams and not push forward to, to try and achieve them all in 5.2 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us, including myself, <laughs> could probably do with that quote hanging up on our wall somewhere. That's great. I love that you reframe that. It's a really good one. Thank you. And who or what is inspiring you at the moment? Yeah, so this is interesting. This is going to sound really cocky and it's not meant to be that way. Um, but honestly, the person that's inspiring me the most at the moment is myself. Um, I've, I'm really trying to slow down this year and the last seven years have been a huge journey for me. And now I want to focus on intentionally creating rather than um, what can sometimes feel like throwing mud at the wall, just seeing what sticks. Um, I also find that if I focus on others, I kind of lose sight of what I'm doing. So coming back to me and what I can kind of see is that I'm effectively the oracle. As we talk about the oracle, you know, you've got um, 
soul creation and you've got Mother Earth and then nothing can happen with those two pieces if we're not in the middle of that. Um, so I focus on that. Everything, you know, I have everything within me to achieve my dreams. The rest is just information and I get to choose what comes in and what doesn't come in and how I apply that to my life because I'm worthy um, and I, you know, I'm perfectly lovable right where I am. Like I don't need to change anything. But that being said, um, I've started a practice of finding one inspirational video on YouTube each day. And a recent one that I listened to was with Matthew McConaughey, and it was a speech about showing up for yourself, reminding people to stop doing the things that they don't really want to do, yeah. like drinking, eating, hanging out with friends that aren't adding value yeah. um, or who are dragging you down. And it was just really good. Um, so I recommend people go and find that. It was cool. It's Matthew McConaughey, yeah. McConaughey, the actor, yeah. and it's called This Is Why You're Not Happy. This Is Why You're Not Happy. Yeah, beautiful. I'll have to look at that. A friend of mine, actually, and she's actually coming on. She's my next guest on the podcast. She recommended his book to me, but I haven't yet got my hands on it. But apparently he does, he does a really wonderful book as well, inspirational book. Oh, wow. I haven't heard about that. So that's really cool. I'd check yeah. that out as well. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. And what does an inspired life look and or feel like to you? So an inspired life for me is turning up for whatever is true to me. Um, so speaking my truth, believing in myself and taking action towards my vision every single day. But it's also being kind to myself, you know, being okay with things not working out how I wanted them to, being okay with just pivoting and kind of going with the flow of what's happening um, and loving myself unconditionally, which is a big leap from where I came from. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you. You did work very well with those rapid inspiration <laughs> questions. Yeah, so now we will get into um, the topic and the content, which we were going to um, speak about uh, building a relationship with yourself after postnatal depression. So to kick off the episode, I would love for you to tell um, our audience and our listeners more about your journey and how you came to do what you do today. Yeah. So as you mentioned in the intro, my journey started after the birth of my son, um, Teddy, In he was born in November 2013. And within a month of him being born, I could see the signs that things weren't going right. Um, I had a community nurse come to my home and she was like, she had a form for me to fill in and I could see that if I ticked it one way, they would refer me off to somebody for postnatal depression. And if I ticked the other boxes, they wouldn't. So I ticked the other boxes and she left and, you know, I just got back to, to life. Um, and I probably did that for a couple of reasons. I'm not a really good, you know, I don't like having labels on me and I was already stressed to the max things weren't working um Teddy was sleeping for an hour feeding for an hour and that was my 24 by 7 um, and for me who loves you know eight to ten hours worth of sleep a night I already knew it was going to be challenging once I had a baby but then to have this layer on top of it I was like I, I can't function um, one of the community nurse, nurses because breastfeeding was a challenge like an hour of breastfeeding i I understand is not normal and so um, they were trying to find ways or supporting me to find ways to to fix the problem um, but they got me to go on a breast pump now that was like getting milk from a stone and it wasn't you know I should have seen the warning signs then but um, what that led to was mastitis so 
here I have mastitis, I end up at a GP, antibiotics, um, and it was over the Christmas period um, and it wasn't my normal GP. Fast forward a couple of weeks, I'm back to my GP, the mastitis hasn't gone away. We've been out, I've been able to stabilize it per se, but not, not um, have it go away. And I've still got Teddy not sleeping. Mm. And I ended up having to go and have an ultrasound to have all of that fluid removed from my breast. So they took 60 mil at that point. And the specialist at that time, because I was on antibiotics, said to me, you're killing your baby. Oh. Now, yeah. <laughs> Now, I hadn't found my voice at this point and I was still looking outside of myself for everybody else to fix what was going on and I couldn't identify that. I just thought if I followed the bouncing ball, everything would be okay. Um, for example, like my husband has three, I have three bonus children. They're older. So I went, of course, my husband will know what to do. <laughs> you know, not to mention that there's, you know, 20 years or so between the, when his last one was born and my mum has five children. So I was like, of course, she'll know what to do. So again, I was looking outside of myself for the answers. Mm -hmm. So I left that specialist that day, went to see my GP and she said, no, 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 you're not killing your baby. You're doing all the right things. Keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, I'm off work, which is great, but Things weren't great. Um, and then another incident around the mastitis came up in the March. And at that point, um, basically, I had an abscess on my breast and they took 160 mil out of my breast. Um, and it was um, like the size of a small Coke bottle. So you think about the fluid in there. And that was one of the most painful experiences that I've actually been through. And, you know, I had a cesarean with Teddy. So I've been through sort of, and I've had surgeries before. So I've been through painful experiences, but that was really, um, really challenging. And on top of all of that, like I had the mind drama. It was on 24-7. I didn't have a name for an inner critic or your mean girl. I didn't have a name for that that person um, so I just thought this was normal and I was wondering if I was going insane um, but the knocking in my brain from that voice was just off the radar so after the incident with the 160 mil coming out of my breast I was referred to a surgeon and they had to he had to go in and clean it up and basically open up the site and clean it and and um, it was left as an open wound for six weeks where my husband had to pack that wound so it could heal. But in that first appointment with that husband, with that doctor, um, the surgeon, he, I had started to find my voice and he had said to me, um, he'd told us what they were going to do. And I said, look, the issue actually isn't on the outside. The issue is on the inside because often with mastitis, it's a bug on the outside of the skin. And he said, no, no, you're wrong. And I was like, oh, Okay. So a month later, I'm in surgery. I have the surgery, comes out post, um, post just to let me know how it all went. And he went, oh, by the way, you were right. Mm. Um, and now he never apologised for what he said, but it was, uh, was enough for me to go, I, I don't need the apology, um, mm. but I knew that I was on the right track. Now, another issue that I had, and I mentioned it before where that specialist had said to me, you know, you're killing your baby. I had somebody really close to me, like who would, and plays a nurturing role in my life, say the same thing to me three times um, on three separate occasions. And now I'm not a person that puts her boobs out on display. It's just not my thing. So I would be on the couch breastfeeding. Sure, I don't have a towel or anything over me, but if someone comes through the door, then I would put a cloth over the top of um, myself and Teddy and unlock that door and, yeah. and let them in. And that person said to me, yeah, you're killing your baby. And it wasn't until the third time that I went, that's enough. And I explained why I'm doing what I'm doing. And now I have a perfectly 
you know, balanced and happy and healthy seven-year-old, like nothing ever happened um, and he was fine, but they actually got the message that time. And so that was kind of that cultivation of finding my voice. And um, it wasn't till the May that I really fell over. Um, I went to, because got the noise going on, got the surgery, got the, you know, packing of my breast, all the things. And I'm like, this isn't meant to be what motherhood is like, like, it's supposed to be an enjoyable time, but I was just on, I was really stressed. Um, so come the May, I go to get some milk. I drop in at my brother's on the way through and I was supposed to be there for five minutes. Two hours later, I come out, I come home without the milk and I just absolutely collapsed in his lounge room, like verbally collapsed and just spewed out everything. And he was amazing. Um, he has a counselling background. So he was just able, and he's a father of four. So he was able to just sit with me, allow me the space, but then just to go, you know, this isn't your forever. Yeah. You can change this. And but acknowledging where you are right now. And so I went home that afternoon and I just took some time out and I felt guilty about taking that time out again um, but that was sort of the the start point to my journey and um, me choosing me and knowing that whilst I hated everything about my life at that point I realized that I had created it um, and so I could possibly create a different reality going forward and so that set me off on my journey and and you know that was about being kind to myself, moving my body, eating well, um, and saying to my husband, I love you, um, but it's time to listen to me now. <laughs> it's not to listen to anybody else outside of me. So I put boundaries up around things. I wasn't happy to accept certain things that were going on. So I changed them. I went, no, we're not doing it that way. We're doing it this way because that works best for me. And once I started to find that voice and that happiness within, then it made everything um, just flow. <laughs> And it still does today. So it's building that confidence and building that belief that it is possible. Um, obviously, it's not just a journey by yourself. Um, I chose not to go to doctors. I chose not to get a diagnosis and I chose not to take, you know, medication. Um, I did it all myself just through kindness, um, moving my body and eating well, plus a few other things. Um, but personal development became a big part of my life, um, surrounding myself with like-minded people who you know, wanted better than where, where I was at. Um, I went to Tony Robbins Date with Destiny. I listened to podcasts. I started running. Um, I was mentored by Melissa Ann Brosini through her Mastering Your Mean Girl group. Um, I've done, and then through that, that sort of led me to IIN. And nutrition has always been a big part of my life. And so it just felt like, you know, like you start to say yes to things without like feeling in your body. So you just kind of go and do it. And so I'd been practicing that model, um, I think through 2017, where I would just say, okay, it felt good. Then I'm going to just say, yes, I'm not going to question it or anything. And so when IIN came up um, in 2019, I just, I just got straight on the phone and said, let's do this. <laughs> so 12 months later, I'm a qualified health coach, which is great. And now I'm going through my life coach certification as well. And I work full time on my business, which you know, if you had told me that I was going to do that five or seven years ago, I would have said no way. <laughs> so yeah. now I love my life um, and I'm passionate about helping other people find the life that they love as well. Amazing. I'm so happy for you that you found your voice and that you, you not that you went through all that trauma, but you, you went through it and developed yourself. You know, you dedicated your time and your energy to start to really tap into your own body's wisdom and to get to know yourself so that you can 
you know, pursue this beautiful life ahead of you. So I'm really, really grateful that you did that for yourself. I'm really proud of you. And I'm also really grateful that you were very open and just shared your whole story. I think um, uh, postnatal depression is, is more common than we all know. I think it's very hidden because there's that stigma to it. Like we are all excited, we're having babies and the baby comes along and there's all this pressure to do things right and to be that perfect mother, including breastfeeding. Like you've got to breastfeed your baby and you've got to do it this way and you've got to get them on a sleep schedule. And, and we have almost, when it's our first child, this a bit of a fantasy of what it's going to be like. Nothing, and people say this, nothing can prepare you for motherhood. Like nothing can until you're deep into it. And then sometimes you're like, whoa, this isn't how I thought it was going to be. Like it is a massive shock. And then not to mention not, not having the sleep. So mm -hmm. without sleep, you're trying to deal with all of this change. Your hormones have changed drastically. There's all this stuff going on in your body, in your mind, and then you're completely sleep deprived. And then it's not that idealistic sort of uh, vision you had of motherhood. And I think a lot of parents feel that mm. and they secretly sort of struggle with it because they don't want to be seen as you know not being able to handle it you know feeling guilty because I really wanted this kid and now all of a sudden I realize it's not the life I thought it was going to be so I, I sometimes don't want this kid you know the, all these different thoughts go in your head and I can totally resonate with you I, I didn't have postnatal depression but I had some really really tough times where I had to question you know, and remind myself that this was the life I chose. I had twin boys and my husband wasn't around a lot because he's a shift worker. And so I was trying to just navigate this whole new life and it was, it was scary. And then you think that you're letting your child down, that mum guilt comes. One of mine would not attach, would not breastfeed. So I was breastfeeding one and pumping, expressing for the other, then bottle feeding him. And it was just like, I felt like it was just a production line and I wasn't bonding with my um, babies because it was just constant work, sterilizing, breastfeeding, pumping, expressing, bottle feeding. And it just kept like this sort of cycle of going through sort of these actions without having that time to sort of just, just be and bond. And yeah. then we get all this pressure on ourselves of how we have to be this perfect mother and we have to do all the right things and, I think that pressure just starts to build up. And I, I think it's very, very, very common. So I'm really grateful for you to share your story with us all. Oh, you're so welcome. And I, I agree with you. I think so many women have postnatal depression um, and probably men too, to a, to a degree where they kind of go, really? oh, this isn't what I wanted or this isn't yeah. what I thought it would be like. Yeah. Um, and you've raised a whole pile of like memories in me around, you know, that whole sterilization and the teats of the bottles because we had to go to bottle feeding pretty within a month yeah. um, because Teddy wasn't getting enough. But then you've got the different sizes and are we at the right, you know, age group and what does he need now? And have you bathed him today? Have you, have you, um, you know, what have you done today? Have you cleaned the house? Have you done the washing? And you're like, my God, I, I'm just struggling. I just cannot turn up for myself, let alone turn up for anybody else. So yeah. all of the, all of the incoming information was really challenging for me. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a crazy ride and it is a beautiful ride in its own right, but it, it definitely is a, a crazy one yeah, definitely. <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah. 
So, but now you work through that and you really worked on yourself, which has got you to this wonderful place of being able to help others. And you've got your own coaching business, which is amazing. And you have your own podcast as well, sharing other people's stories. I know I've been on your podcast, <laughs> which is great. Um, so I wanted to um, talk a little bit more about the health coaching that you do. It's definitely sort of one of those buzz professions that's out there at the moment. And I just wanted you to explain, because there's different kind of health coaches, I guess, but I wanted you just to explain to us sort of your niche or what you do with your health coaching. Yeah, sure. So how about I just like, I'll explain what a health coach is first, and then I can come yeah. into what how I do it, because you're right, everybody niches differently. Mm. Um, so a health coach supports you with your health and wellness goals. Um, and we keep you accountable to the things that you want to achieve. For me, I work with mums and dads who really are looking to get their spark back after having children, to find themselves after having children. And often for that, for where we start is around the nutrition, generally speaking. Mm. Um, but what I want to offer to people is the fact that what happens on your plate is secondary. Your, your main, where you need to work or where you should focus um, is in your primary food, which is your relationship, your career, spirituality, and your physical activity. And when they're in balance, then what you eat is, you, you don't tend to worry about it. It's only when you've had a fight with your partner that you face down in a block of chocolate or a tub of ice cream and you're kind of going, how did, how did I get there? Well, it's his fault. You're like, actually, it's not his fault, but yeah, it's yeah. some sort of thought that you've had in your mind that's brought you into that space. So, yeah, it's really about coming back to being really intentional because when you when you say yes to a health coach, it's not like going to the GP or, you know, another specialist where you're coming in for maybe a couple of appointments, you're booking in some time for yourself for three to six months to actually work through the things that you want to achieve. Um, and as I said, I, I tend to start with nutrition because it's, it's like working on the outside in first. If I said to you, oh, we're going to work on your mindset, you're probably like, what? Mm. Like that would freak the crap out of you. But what happens with eating with your food, your food is a reflection of what's going on in your life. So if you're getting to 3 p.m. and you're having cravings, let's have a look at that. Like what else is going on? What's not happening in nutrition, but why are you generally procrastinating or bored or unhappy in the space that you're in? And are you at work when you're doing that? Are you actually enjoying your job? So unpicking those sorts of elements are really powerful for people. But as I said, starting with that outside, outside coming in um, is, is really effective in that space. But it is, yeah, it is that intentional, like I'm choosing me and I'm coming to, to a health coach to actually achieve my goals and you get to define what those goals are. Like I don't, as a health coach, define them for you. We kind of go, do you think that's what you want to work on? You're like, yes, that's what I want to work on. And how do you want to work on that? And then we, we unpick that as well. So it's a collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, nutrition is obviously so important. You know, our food is our medicine. Um, but lifestyle and our mindfulness and the way that we, the stories we're telling ourselves definitely, definitely has to be worked out with the nutrition. It's just like, you just can't take a pill to solve everything. You just can't eat, you know, certain foods to solve everything. It's like a holistic overview. 
And I see that a lot with um, my clients. I'm really blessed. I have some really, really wonderful clients. But when they initially come in, there's a few things that they want to sort out. I, I am an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner. So I see a lot of women for hormone balancing and gut balancing. And then we know that hormones and gut can play havoc on our emotions and everything else. Um, some people come in and think that we're going to just treat it with supplements or just change the diet, but it's not. You have to look down the um, lifestyle, which in Ayurveda, we say the dinacharya, that's one of the most important aspects because that's something that you can carry on with you throughout wherever you are, that sort of routine. And it helps to really settle and balance, you know, if you've got like, your vata imbalance or pitta or kapha imbalance, whatever it is, but we really need to sort of nurture self through dinacharya to through lifestyle and routine, and then introduce certain nutrition that is going to support you as an individual. And that's the other thing. Nutrition is very individual and people don't realize that there's so many like sort of fad diets, this one diet fits all, but it's so not the case. We're all so different. Our bodies function and we're at different stages in our health. Some mm. of us are adrenally fatigued. Some of us are not. Some of us have thyroid deficiencies. Some of us do not. Some of us are overweight. Some of us are underweight. So nutrition is so personal. And I think that's where the importance of this sort of health coaching um, can come in and someone really spending that valued time with you to look at lifestyle and nutrition as one sort of holistic measure, but then go deeper about the self-sabotaging thoughts or the certain beliefs that sort of underlining why your lifestyle and nutrition isn't already sort of on track. And some yeah. people just, they just haven't learned that yet. And they haven't really learned about themselves and how their body works. And they're not understanding themselves on that sort of deeper level. So I think it really helps to peel back the layers and for people to um, look at themselves. And I know you ask a lot of probing sort of questions that gets them to self-reflect on who they are, where they want to go. And I... Um, I, so I specialize in women's hormones and gut health, but furthermore in Ayurvedic cleanses. Mm -hmm. And within that cleanse period, people think they're going to get a really great body transformation with, you know, resetting their hormones and balancing their gut. And that is all true. But one thing I've noticed and I've really seen is a lot of the transformation is in the mind. And it's amazing. People have gone on different career paths and everything just through this sort of like cleansing process because it's a mind-body cleanse. They're, the mind and the body are not separate to each other. So No, they're not. And that is the holistic view of health, right, that it's a mind-body-soul connection. Yeah. Um, and if you are looking outside for the answers, you're never going to be fully satisfied. So I love that you say that they come to your program, which is an outside-looking-in kind of thing, but then they evolve it because they take it on and they turn it into whatever it's supposed to mean for them, which is exactly what's exactly. supposed to happen. So they find their own solution. One of the challenges that one of my clients had was that she was eating cereal um, at nighttime and she just thought it was because she was hungry. And then when we sort of tapped into what was going on in that space, um, it turned out, so her mum used to do it. So she was eating it because she'd seen her mum growing up when she was growing up as a child, she was eating it. And then she said, but I'm worried about my daughter starting to eat like that too, because she sees me doing it. And, and I, we talked about the generational impact of how we eat, how we, how I was raised as a child is how my parents were fed. So yeah. food and how their grand, how my grandparents were fed as well. 
obviously it's evolved a little bit you know part italian pasta wasn't a big thing back when yeah. my parents were growing up but so these things get passed down through generations and what we then unpacked was the fact that she had had um like an emotional separation from her mum at some point in you know at a, in, in the teenage years sort of thing which is natural so she was trying to connect back to her mum at that point and she was doing it through cereal and the moment we unpacked that she stopped eating it. It just was no, no longer part of her life. So yes, we start with food and we kind of look at what's going to happen, what's happening in your diet. And for the main, most people are eating really well. It's just those sort of tweaks and coming back to that bio-individuality. What do you need? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? Let's put in more of the, the things that work for you and then things that don't work, they will naturally drop off. So unpacking that, having a look at it and then crafting the individual's diet so like the susan diet or protocol or the harmony protocol what what you eat is not necessarily what i eat and then that has a flow on effect to the rest of your life um, and it does drive that confidence right so you kind of go oh if i can make those changes what else can i do and you start to get curious and you start to start experimenting and having some fun which is really nice yeah absolutely and so we were talking um, about, I just wanted to um, come back to the clients that you see. So yeah. these clients that you're unpacking all of this nutritional stuff and lifestyle stuff with, they're coming to you because they've sort of gone through, I guess, challenging times in early parenthood or possibly even postnatal depression. And when we look at that, I guess a lot of um, your clients are experienced feelings of loss of self and overwhelm sort of on a daily basis after having children. And some may even feel that they have lost direction and knowing that, you know, they want things to be different for them, but not knowing sort of where to start and what they can do. Like, I guess feeling really lost, you know, that's losing that sense of identity after you have children is can be very common so you've you know you've come from some sort of career background or whatnot and then you have kids and everything changes and you're not um, communicating or socializing with you know your work colleagues or the people you used to as often because you're busy being a mum. and so that loss of identity sort of comes into play so how can um mums and dads sort of recognize this and then reach their health and wellness goals while still being an attentive and caring parent and I guess do you have any simple tools or starting points for this transformation yeah so there's a few questions in there so we'll unpack yeah. <laughs> them as we go um, identifying that you've got a an issue really comes back to how you feel or how you're showing up in the world um, and you are the only person that really can determine that and then go and seek help whether it be just through a mate because you need to just have some time out and just chat or a girlfriend or whether you actually go and seek medical advice um, and just have a conversation with people for me um, some of the signs were the fact that I just didn't feel myself um, I just and I was reacting to things like Chris would bring home the wrong formula and I would just go off and go, that's not appropriate, da, da, da. And he'd been to like three shops to try and get the right formula for me. Do you know what I mean? So trying to help out in those sorts of ways. So just seeing that I just wasn't myself and that I, again, was just sort of looking outside of myself for the answers rather than coming inside of inside to start building that relationship with myself. And that can seem scary, right? Because like you said, you've lost your identity. I didn't know who I was as a mother. I didn't know what I liked. Like 
I didn't know if the people in my life were still the right people to hang around with. Um, even down to food, we were just consuming food because you just needed to consume stuff. It, it, there was no happiness or joy in the space that, that was happening. But when I started to just sort of listen and tune into my intuition and just take those little steps that were coming to me. So what is the thing that it's telling me to do? And my intuition has always been um, just this little soft voice that would just say, go, go and walk, Susan, or be kind to yourself, Susan. And once I start doing those things, um, then the voice goes away and maybe something else will come in later, but that voice starts to go away. So for me, what was important was movement. So I made a non-negotiable that Teddy and I would walk every single day. Now, it wasn't an issue that I had to go out by myself because I didn't need to do that. I was happy to take Teddy, put him in the baby beyond. It was like, it was actually an emotional attachment um, for like thing. When I had to, when it was time to give it up, the baby beyond, I was like, no, I can't do that. And like, I ended up giving it to a homeless woman then I felt better about it as opposed to, and that was like Teddy was four by this stage. So he was never going to fit back into it, but I just had this emotional attachment to that time. So for me, him coming with me was never an issue. Like I was always happy to do that, but my husband did create the space for me to just sort of take some time out on my own, but just getting moving for me was really important. Um, and it didn't have to be long. It could just be five minutes just out in, out in the grass, like some fresh air, um, or I could get out and go, for a walk for say 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour whatever um, but a couple of other really sort of simple tools would be gratitude there is always one thing that you can be grateful for no matter how crappy your day was and that could just be that I have my my body is still functioning so I can still breathe the air that I'm breathing I might be panicked I might be overwhelmed by everything coming in but I can still find one thing at least to be grateful for um, so trying that and just sort of coming into that space, because once you feel gratitude, you actually can't feel anger. Um, you can't feel sadness. You actually come into this peaceful and quiet space. <clears throat> journaling was a really good tool for me too. Um, probably angry journaling at the start, but knowing that that's okay. Um, nobody else is going to read it. <laughs> And you can rip it up and throw it out. Like you can burn it if you want to. Um, but just getting that. out all those angry thoughts, like actually getting them out through your body. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I do too. Like it's so powerful. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so just getting those thoughts out and not putting anything over the top of it and going, oh, you're a bad person for thinking that way. Just get them out of your body, much like movement does, like movement helps the, the energy move through your body. So journaling is a really good way to do that. And I would just suggest that people just have a look at their nutrition as well, because as you mentioned before, the majority of our happy hormones, our serotonin is created in the gut. So if we're not eating well, we ain't producing that happy hormone. So we need to create that connection between gut and brain. Um, and so coming back into our bodies is really important. Absolutely. Um, Ayurveda looked at nutrition, looks at the qualities of the food. So there's different yes. tastes and there's different qualities in the food, but also the food being sattvic in nature, which um, sort of brings more feelings of sort of bliss and enlightenment. And that's sort of like, I guess, foods that are derived from nature and they have prana in it. Prana is that sort of life force energy, which is so important in, you know, every day, but especially when you've just had a baby, 
So mm -hmm. introducing primer into your food, which would be fresh food. So something that can grow in the soil, that's got primer, it's got life in it, as opposed to something that's canned. Like I, I always sort of use the example, like if you have fresh fruit or vegetables, you can use the seeds to create new life. But if you can that vegetable and let it sit on the shelf for a millions of years and then eat it, the prana has been zapped out of it. So you can't really plant it and then grow new life from it. So choosing foods that are, have a high in prana and a very sattvic in nature that are going to be calming and nutritious for the body. Then you can look at foods that are rajasic in nature, which are very stimulating. So that would be, I guess, like the caffeines and different kind of foods, even like hot and spicy foods. But if you're already feeling angry and fiery, that's only going to stimulate you even more so. It's not going to serve you in that moment. And then you've got the tamasic foods, which are, which are very dull, like create dullness in the body and dullness in the mind. And they're like really heavy sort of foods that aren't going to serve, you know, all of your processed kind of foods, that kind of stuff that is going to make you feel lethargic, not feel at your best. So mm -hmm. when um, we talk about sort of holistic nutrition and Ayurveda, we're also looking not only at the tastes and the different qualities of the food, like what elements are present in the food, but also the qualities of sattva, rajas and tamas, because especially when you're a new mom, you really need that energy the prana and you really need more sattva in your life more bliss <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. lightness you do you do and i just offer to people that that might feel overwhelming when you're trying to do everything else um yeah. so you know obviously if frozen vegetables are actually not as bad as you know perhaps the store bought particularly from a supermarket you're actually getting a quality more higher quality product because they're often snap frozen from the, mm. from the farm itself yeah. so choosing that which you know sure maybe you don't want to use a microwave or maybe you've got one there and it's just going to be quick and easy you can throw that packet of vegetables in there and get get that benefit at least you're eating the vegetables as opposed to going no that's too hard and I can't put that you know can't put that out now one of the things that I did do was go back to our farmer's market. So I did that very early on and I made a commitment to doing that every single week that I would go and get fresh fruit and vegetables. So coming back to the prana and, you know, just enjoying life and we had more stir fries and we'd have more salads and things like that that are really actually really quickly, quick to make and easy to make. Um, and they can be delicious because I put roast vegetables in there. I put eggs in there. Um, I put olives in there. Whatever is in the fridge tends to go in my salad, sometimes even fruit. Um, but just keeping it simple. And I don't know about you, but I notice that when I eat a high, like a better quality fruit and veg. So if you can get organic, great. But if not, get it from the farmer's market. Spray free is good. But again, just get, get it into you. Then I eat less. <laughs> um, I'm not constantly on the crave because I'm looking for the nutrients that aren't existing in those ones in the, you know, in the supermarkets that are depleted because you know, those cucumbers have been sitting there for actually six months by the time they got to where the store that they are and they're sprayed and they're, all the things, do you know what I mean? Because they've been frozen for that sort of long period of time and they've lost a lot of their nutrients. Whereas if you can get them really close to the farmer, as close as you can, even if it'd be great to have your own veggie patch, that's, you know, hashtag future goal for us. But um, if you can get them close to that farmer's, farmer's door, then you're actually going to start to eat less. You're going to add the energy in um, and your body's really going to say thank you for it and supporting local and just that sense of community I think that's yeah. a really lovely way of 
feeling connected to community as well, which is really, again, important for new mothers because sometimes there's that loss of feeling connected and loss mm -hmm. of community. So even a trip, yeah, to the farmer's markets, go for a walk with your bub, you know, even if you're not going to buy a lot of things, if you buy an apple bear, it's still probably a really beautiful um, thing to do to feel connected. Yeah, and, and I getting know. getting sorry, I was going to say, and getting going to those markets. You can, if you love coffee, then you've got there's a you know barista there. You can get freshly baked bread. There's so many other parts to it. Like I love going to the health food store and getting some nuts or exploring different ingredients that I can cook with, which is really good fun mm. too. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, so I guess another thing I wanted to chat with you about is you're really big on rebuilding that relationship with yourself after having kids as we mentioned there's that sort of loss of identity with some people not all but you know some new mums have that feeling of loss of identity and like who am I now everything's changed and so there's that whole process of rebuilding a relationship with yourself like it is it the old self is there a new self no it's just rebuilding relationship to self working out you know where that self is so what are the first steps in making a change in your life to begin building a relationship with yourself? And how do you see this sort of playing out? Yeah, so I'd say the first step for everybody is just to be kind to yourself. So stop beating up on yourself. Stop expecting too much. Just be present with what is. Um, otherwise, you're just going to continually be in this cycle of I'm not good enough and I'm not a good mom and I'm not showing enough up enough for my son or my daughter and for my husband or you know and other kids that you've got so just be kind to yourself and just take the time that you need and it could just be one breath that you just need to stand in the midst of you know the chaos that is life and you just stand there and you're just going okay I'm just going to breathe consciously in through my nose and then out through my nose and everything can be happening around you so that you can be the, you know, the calmness, the eye of the storm whilst life is happening. And then you can go in and pick up whatever needs to come in, whatever you need to deal with at that time. Because mm. often there's not emergencies. It's just our brain tells us that there are emergencies and, you know, the milk's, milk's been spilt and it's on the bench and the cat's up there licking it and da, da, da. And you're like, Do you know what? That can happen. It's okay. Um, I heard a... Um, uh, interview the other day with somebody about a woman who just wasn't coping with life um, and she was really struggling she was a mum and she wasn't literally leaving her house and the doctors or the whoever the specialist she was talking to at the time said what's what's one problem that you could that you're really struggling to solve and she's like it's just too overwhelming and he said no no just pick one thing for me and she said the dishwasher she goes I cannot clean the pots before they go in like, I do not want to clean them. And he said to her, so put them through twice in the dishwasher. Mm. And she was like, what? Mm. He said, and she goes, that's not very responsible. A responsible adult yeah. <laughs> cleans the pots first before they go in so that all the gun. And he said, doesn't matter. Do it three times. Who's going to care? Yeah, we put so much expectations on ourselves, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So unpack those stories and go, do I need to do that? Or can I change it? And how would that look? And start to ask other people in the community as well, you know, I'm struggling with this. Well, how do you deal with that? Or I've got this problem and start to find your voice. Mm. And you can only do that by expressing your voice. Mm, absolutely. 
I am, I find even now, like if things are getting a little bit overwhelming for myself, sometimes if I don't have a lot of time, I will just shut my eyes and do a few deep breaths. If I have a little bit more time, I'm at home, I might go and lay with my legs up the wall. I love that pose. It really gets you into yourself, into body. It really, and it really settles you into more of a parasympathetic state because when we're stressed, obviously we're in that sympathetic state. We've got to try to get ourselves out of that to reduce the anxiety. But one of the main things I really love to do is actually physically remove myself and go outside and go for a little walk. I'll even grab the dogs and just do a tiny walk around the block and it's just amazing how fresh air sunshine resets you and just like looking at the trees noticing the nature as I pass it trying to do sort of a meditative walk so you're really observing not just you know walking the same track and not noticing what's around you but actually walking that track even though you've done it a million times and really observing everything around you it just gets me out of my head and into the present moment. And so it's nice to find some tools that work for you. Like that might not be you know, something that you want to do, but finding things that work for you so you can stop yourself with that awareness in the moment and go to your sort of one of your go-to tools that helps you come out of that sort of high energy, anxiety, overwhelmed state and drops back into sort of more of a parasympathetic state where you're calm, your rest, your digest state. Yeah. And you will only know that what the right tools are for you by experimenting. Exactly. So you, you, we can sit here today and tell yeah. you, do these five things and you'll feel amazing. You yeah. might do those five things and hate them. You yeah. know, for me, just yeah. lying on a yoga mat is enough for me to feel calm. Yeah. I don't have to do yoga. I don't even going to a massage therapist. I could just lie on their table. I don't need yeah. them to touch me. Yeah. Just the thought of being there feels really yeah. calm for me. Um, I love so, yeah, yeah like, so another one I love is just, um, especially if it's summer, I'll be like, ah, oh, I'm just going to go jump in the pool, <laughs> strip yes. everything off and jump in the pool, reset the whole system and I'm out and I'm cool. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, yeah. yeah, that's just a really simple one. But often getting out, like either somebody coming into your house or you getting out into an environment can just help your energy because you're going to naturally draw yeah. on their energy so that's really cool to do as well yeah absolutely ah so good yeah so you offer a range of programs that help mums and dads transform their lives and also one-to-one -one health coaching you've got a six-week holistic food program and your new soul hour would you like to expand a little bit on these offerings and let all of our listeners know where they can find you yeah, sure. So I have four programs effectively, um, and it depends what's appropriate for people at their, the time that they're, you know, one, they're being offered or what they're up, up to doing at the time. Um, so I've got my one-on-one -on -one health coaching program, which is either three to six months um, or a three to six month commitment with me. And we work on your health and wellness goals. So we define them together. It's a, it's not just, or you could come with one if you, do, if you want to, but if you don't know what you want, um, then we can work on that together. And then we work over that three to six months to achieving them. And often if you're really focused on food, then we can knock that over pretty much and have a have you sorted within three months. And then you continue to maintain that for the remaining 
um, remaining time together and then you decide what you want to sort of work on next which is really exciting so I, I actually have a, also have a membership program um, so I work with a group of people um, on a weekly basis and we have specific monthly topics so we've done planning we've done turning up for yourself we've done you know the relationship with yourself we've done um, setting up 2021 results so not goals, but what are the results that you want to create this year? And this year we'll do some human design, detox your life. Um, and um, finances is probably going to be, March will be all about finances because that's coming up for a lot of people. So that's really cool. And then I've got your my um, Nourish Yourself, which is a six-week program currently. I'm sort of in review of that, but it's similar to the one-to-one -one work. Um, but in a group setting. So the aim is to give people the tools to literally create their dream life. Again, we start with food because, you know, that uh, shows you exactly what's going on in the rest of their life. But we also look at the stories that you're telling yourself. So we, we map out what you're currently eating. We pick one thing to move forward with because that's easier to change one thing than get overwhelmed by the 50 million other things that need to be changed. Um, and we look at the stories that you're telling yourself around any change that can happen into your life, um, but particularly around the food. We look at your relationship and then we integrate those changes into your family as well, which is really important. So just rebuilding your life and then teaching you how to take the same tools and apply them into the next goal that you've got, which is fun. And my soul hour, that's really exciting because that was born out of what I created for me to survive and thrive. Um, so when I was recovering from my journey, um, it was back in 2015 where I started back at work and I just noticed that I needed, I needed some time for myself. So I would take an hour in the morning before everybody wake up, woke up. This took about three months to evolve into what it kind of was. So I was open to that. Um, but it was just basically exercise and reading a, a personal development book because that's what I chose to read at the time and I still do um, for the first 30 minutes and then doing 30 minutes of what I call my soul work. I didn't have any idea what that was. Um, but I would just see what happened and I would just, you know, play around with different business ideas and things like that. So Soul Hour now is every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, um, a group of like-minded people. We get on Zoom and we do um, breathing, meditation. We do a little bit of movement um, and gratitude as well. So just some journaling and stuff in there. And it really shows people what you can achieve within a small amount of time but then what the flow on effect is to their day, which is just amazing. And when you don't do it, like the Tuesday and the Thursday, how things just seem to irritate you a little bit more. So it's actually encouraged some of my clients to just pick it up and do it on those days as well. So that's been really fun. But what I love about all my programs is, you know, like you mentioned before, it's about the personal transformation that the clients have. They do the work they become more of them, more balanced, and they start to transfer what they're learning with me on themselves into their families, which is beautiful. Um, and one client said to me this morning that because of the work she's been doing with me, her sister has now picked up something um, that resonated with her. And she said, and I think it's because of what I've done that this has happened. So she was really proud of herself. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that ripple effect, isn't it? That starts yeah, to flow. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the same at the moment. I've got, um, yeah, a lot of my one-to-one um, -one Ayurvedic mind-body reset cleanse clients yeah. that have booked this month. It's all booked out, but they're all sort of connected somehow because it's all been referral and seeing that 
you know how they've changed it's it's really really fantastic to to watch that and it's, it's like a spider web type thing you know yeah. it sort of expands and then they've sort of can really then support each other because they have that similar knowledge that they're learning through, you know, the coaching and the nutrition, everything. And I think it's just, again, and it sort of creates that little community and that connection between the families again, or the friends, whoever it is that have sort of reached out to each other. And yeah, it's beautiful when that happens. Yeah, yeah it is really lovely. Lovely yeah. work. So and Yes. People can, you wanted me to say where people can find me. So yeah, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So my website is susanscollen.com. I'm on Facebook. So Susan Scollen, S-C-O-L-L-E-N. Um, or my Facebook group is Holistic Health with Susan Scollen. I'm also on Instagram, Susan Scollen. Um, and my podcast is Holistic Health with Susan Scollen. So you can find that. And I'm also Google on Susan Scollen. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm on Clubhouse as well. So yeah. um, that's only a new addition, but it's going to be a bit of fun with, once we can jump on there and start doing some rooms and sharing yeah. some of this information there as well. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a little play on there. So good work. We'll I haven't even to... done that. I've just been watching and listening to other people's rooms yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah and I'll have to tee up something for that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, thank you so much for coming along and sharing all of your wisdom and your story. I really appreciate you being so open with all of us. Um, and yeah, you've got some great tips for mothers and fathers who have just had babies or maybe even their kids have grown up now and just need to sort of reconnect and find themselves so thank you for sharing all of that and have a wonderful day and thank you to all of our listeners who have stuck with us through this conversation well thank you harmony it's been awesome to be here with you and with your listeners so i'm very honored and yeah if anybody anything resonated or anybody wants to have a chat please feel free to reach out like i'm more than happy to do that um, anytime but yeah it's been great to be here thank you so much Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. If you missed the intro and jumped straight into the episode, don't forget that my six-month Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. It consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success, and so much more. This is all delivered through an online portal, which can be downloaded as an app so that you can take this course with you wherever you go. My rose gold VIPs will also get a 30-minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. Are you curious about Ayurveda or have you been called to learn more about Ayurveda? If so, I would love to offer you these teachings in my intro to Ayurveda, Lifestyle Medicine for the Mind, Body, Soul online course. Ayurveda translates to the science of life and longevity. Its teachings hold ancient wisdom and secrets of how to live a long, healthy and vibrant life. 
Ayurveda has been around for 5,000 plus years. It's been tried and tested for centuries, yet has only become more popularized in the modern Western world in recent times as the true healing benefits of Ayurveda are being discovered by many in the West. Its relevance and power is needed now more than ever. Applying Ayurvedic principles and practices to your mind, body, soul can help you heal your gut and gut-related symptoms such as bloating, gas, indigestion, constipation or loose stools. It can help assist with hormonal balance and total body balance. It helps mitigate stress and anxiety, clear skin, helps to achieve a healthy body weight and maintain it helps you feel deeply connected to your mind body soul increase and sustain energy increase peace of mind and support and boost your metabolism this course will give you an introduction into the art of ayurvedic lifestyle medicine so that you can apply ayurveda to your life and become your own healer and health guru you will discover and understand yourself on a deeper level in this course, you will learn the history of Ayurveda, Ayurvedic Dinacharya, Ayurvedic Nutrition, Ayurvedic Psychology. You will also discover your own unique constitution, your dosha. You will be given practical tips on how to apply the art of Ayurveda to your modern day lifestyle and how to simplify health to get the most out of your life. So if you would like to sign up, to this seven module course, please head over to my website, www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Namaste.